Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Fellow Show. I am your host, the Fellow KGB. You can follow me on Twitter at the Fellow KGB, and it is Thursday night, December third, six o'clock p.m. Central Time. We're going to be going over my start sit charts for the Week Thirteen games. This is going to be Part One. We'll do the Part Two tomorrow night. In this episode, we're going to be looking at all of the noon games. There's a there's a lot of schedule movement going on lately, so I think there's maybe six or seven noon games in this uh, in this weekend slate. So we're going to hop right into a screen share here over on the fantasyfellowship.com. We'll look at some practice reports. We'll go over some of the, the notes and the points allowed by each position. Uh, but again, if you need my YouTube schedule, that's right there for you. We'll be going live again at six o'clock tomorrow night to, to basically finish up the rest of the, the start sits. And then we do have a prop show on Saturday. So uh, without further ado, we'll get into the first game on the slate here, the Saints and the Falcons. We do have quite a bit of injury concerns here with Julio Jones, Todd Gurley. So let's just quick look into those practice reports and see what those guys were up to today. So on the Atlanta side here, looks like Todd Gurley, he was limited yesterday, did not practice today. So that's, I don't know what that's about. Maybe he just needed the day off. And then it was the same thing with Julio Jones. So these guys both get limited days in on Wednesday. Same with Hayden Hurst too. Wow. Gurley, Hurst, and, and uh, Julio Jones here. All not practicing today. It looks like Calvin Ridley's limited back-to-back -back day. So I guess that's a good thing. He did ding up his foot uh, last weekend, if you remember, but he came back. So it looks like Calvin Ridley's going to be on track to play tomorrow. I've been saying this for a while, but Friday is the most important day in terms of practice reports. So we'll see if Gurley, Hurst, or Julio Jones can at least log a limited day. If those guys all do not practice again tomorrow, I'll have my doubts about them going up against the Saints this weekend. So uh, some really big names there to monitor going into the Saints-Falcons game. And then if we just click on the Saints side real quick here, um, looks like a couple backup receivers not practicing. Alvin Kamara, we know he's got a little foot thing going on. He was limited and limited. Michael Thomas as well, limited and limited. So these guys are probably on track to play. I'm a little bit nervous about Alvin Kamara going forward right now. So I do, in terms of start-sit charts here, we'll get to that in a second, but I did want to cover quick what we're looking at here in terms of fantasy points allowed to the positions here. We see a lot of green matchups on the Falcon side, just a couple red ones here over on the Saints side. So as far as, I mean, the green matchups we want to exploit, we've been we've been really interested in the, in the Falcons' defense against quarterbacks, against wide receivers, and tight ends. So they're for some reason, they're pretty good against the running backs. They're kind of a funnel defense there, and uh, they just allow – the rest of the uh, the rest of the opponent's pieces to, to make some noise there. And then on the Saints side, they're pretty strong against everything. They only allow about 15 points to the quarterback. Number one team against the running backs here. So even if if Todd Gurley's active, I don't like Todd Gurley. I don't think I trust Brian Hill or Ito Smith in this one. So I have those guys on the bench. I did list Todd Gurley here as a flex, but I don't really feel great about it. It depends on your options there. So the question mark with Todd Gurley is, is he going to play? And uh, do you have someone else that maybe is a little bit more safe there? Like I said, the Saints are the number one team against the running back points here, under 17 points per game in a PPR. So that's pretty crazy there. Saints also, I mean, this defense is starting to come around to be one of the better defenses in the league. Uh, they're pretty good here against the wide receiver, and they're decent against the tight end. So it's not a really good matchup for the Atlanta Falcons. We did see this game happen already earlier this year. Uh, I think that was back in week 10. Let me see if I can pull up this game log here. So again, 26-9. to 9, That's not the right score there. That was uh, 2020 here. 
let's just pull that up. The game logs. No, we'll go. We'll go to ESPN and look up that game log real quick here. Uh, but again, that game, I think it was twenty to nine, if I remember correctly. We're just gonna go bounce over to the Saints schedule and we'll look at this. Uh, so twenty-four to nine, Saint. Uh, this was the first game for Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill actually threw the ball really well, two hundred thirty-three yards, no touchdowns. He did have a touchdown called back in that game. And then he also rushed for two touchdowns. Alvin Kamara was able to get in the end zone in this one. So I guess if that's a good sign there, maybe he finds the end zone again. I don't know if Taysom Hill can keep up these two rushing touchdown games that he's got going on here. Latavius Murray did rack up 12 for 49. He also caught two for 36. So that's a pretty good line for Latavius Murray. I think if you need help at the running back position, he can be a low-end RB2 in a game that we think the Saints should win and should continue to pound the ball here. You see 36 rushing attempts for the Saints earlier in this one. And then Michael Thomas, I think you have to continue starting Michael Thomas. We're just going to lower our expectations to about a wide receiver three. And then looking at the Atlanta side of things, Matt Ryan just got harassed in this one. I remember he got, I mean, eight sacks. The Saints defense got eight sacks against him. They just constantly were in his face. 232 yards, no touchdowns, no touchdowns for the Falcons on a whole that day. But you still see Calvin Ridley go five for 90. We're still starting him. Julio Jones will be a big question mark here, but Russell Gage also seven for 58. He might be a guy that's worth a flex play if Julio Jones is out again, uh, but that's pretty much it. I don't like, as you see here, Todd Gurley, Brian Hill, Edo Smith, we can't trust these running backs at all going into this game. So I do, uh, for now, uh, Matt Ryan's, he's not a quarterback one. I think he's only usable in super flex leagues. Calvin Ridley, of course, is going to be in our lineups. Julio Jones, if he plays, I'm going to lean towards getting him in there. I should probably put a question mark next to Hayden Hurst's name because we don't know if he's going to be in this one. He did not practice today as well. And then Gurley. I'm probably going to move both these guys to down here, and I might I might bounce Russell Gage up to a flex option here. On the same side, Taysom Hill, man, I think he, at the moment right now, he's rushing touchdowns. He's he's got He's only got two games of, of data here, and we did see him have a pretty nice day in the air against the Falcons two weeks ago. So I think he's at quarterback one. I would lean towards Taysom Hill in, uh, in, in decisions where you have to make that are like Taysom Hill or uh, I guess Cam Newton, if something like that happens. I think I'm going to keep rolling with Taysom Hill. He's got a good thing going, getting the rushing touchdowns there. Alvin Kamara, don't bench Alvin Kamara. Give him one more game here. It is the Falcons defense. We should expect the Saints to, to have a pretty nice offensive day here. And again, Michael Thomas, Latavius Murray, I think these guys can both be in our lineups. And then I think continue starting the, the Saints D. They had a really good game against them last time, like we said. Eight sacks, two interceptions. I don't know about fumbles. Uh, no fumbles there. But uh, the Saints defense just really took it to them. This one's in Atlanta this weekend, so maybe there's a little bit of a difference here. But uh, for the most part, I think the Saints should have their way. I'm not trusting Sanders, Jared Cook, Traquan Smith, Adam Troutman. Adam Troutman's actually been the leading uh, tight end for them in terms of snaps. Jared Cook is an afterthought. I don't even think Jared Cook is worth holding on to in uh, in on my bench. I, I don't want to start him. I don't. I just there's no trust in Jared Cook. I don't think he's caught a ball in a, in a while. So the Saints offense really really condensed here. It's it's all about Taysom Hill and, and basically this rushing game of Kamara and, and Latavius Murray here. So if you have questions on that game, you can fire those up in the chat room. We'll move on to the Detroit Lions and the Chicago Bears. This one's going to be really interesting here to see how the Lions respond with the the firing of their GM and the firing of the coach, Matt Patricia. This team, you know, they're, they're playing for pride. We might get DeAndre Swift back in this one. Matt Stafford, 
he he's got enough weapons here to to do something against the Bears. We just saw the Bears defense get lit up by Green Bay's offense. So maybe this is kind of a back and forth game. Uh, both teams are really just kind of playing for their pride. The Bears somehow still have a shot at the wild card spot in the NFC. And Mitch Trubisky has, I think we pulled this up the other night, but I'll just pull it back up again. Uh, but Mitch Trubisky, in his career, the, the best games that he has played have been against the Detroit Lions. And we'll just pull this up. We're using the website StatMuse here. Uh, you just type in the player. I, I just type in versus Lions, and I'm going to type in the word game log here. And we will see what Mitch Trubisky has done against the Detroit Lions. So in his last four games, he's thrown three touchdowns in each one. That's 12 touchdowns. Over a span of four games, he's hit 338 yards, 355 yards, uh, a median of 242 here, and then a low point of 173. But the man's getting touchdowns. He's only got one interception in these four games as well. We know the Detroit Lions defense is not playing great. We saw Will Fuller kind of terrorize this defense on Christmas or on Thanksgiving. And Brandon Cooks also had a pretty nice game. Duke Johnson caught a touchdown. You can pretty much do whatever you want against the Lions defense right now. So if you're in a pinch... Mitch Trubisky, I mean, if your quarterback is like Tom Brady or something and you need to buy a replacement, the, the history suggests that Mitch Trubisky could be a pretty good quarterback one, especially if he hits these three touchdowns. He did, I think he threw for three touchdowns last weekend against the Packers in mop-up time too. So he he is he's the starting quarterback going up against the Lions. This one's in Chicago too. So there could be some really good stuff there brewing for him. I guess before I go further on the Lions and Bears, I do want to look at the practice reports. We'll start with Detroit because we're, wor we're worried about Galladay and uh, our guy DeAndre Swift here. So uh, you see DeAndre Swift here. He was limited yesterday, did not practice today. That's not good. It says illness. So that uh, maybe that's a good thing that it's not uh, listed as concussion. We knew he was a little bit banged up with that. So this will be something to watch tomorrow, see what's up with him. Matt Stafford, limited with the thumb. He's going to play for sure. Kenny Galladay, I don't think we're going to see him. Back-to-back, like, -back, no practices. It might be a while before we see Kenny Galladay. I don't know what's going on with the hip, but this is not good. We haven't seen him in quite a while. Looks like Danny Amendola is going to be back, though, so that's some good news there. Quintez Cephas, non-injury. I don't know what's up with that, but definitely we're going to monitor tomorrow. DeAndre Swift, if Kenny Galladay can get a limited one in there, I'll be interested. Uh, we got a quick question here from Harris. YT, what's going on, man? Thanks for hanging out tonight. Uh, is Kirk Cousins good to play this week in DFS? He is $30. So he's probably one of the cheaper options this weekend. And, I mean, just the last few games, man. Kirk Cousins is actually playing some – the Vikings in general are, are playing some good offensive football. And they do have one of the best matchups this weekend going up against Jacksonville. Um, here, if you're looking at Yahoo scoring um, – I believe that's DFS. I think that's Yahoo with the $30 price tag here. So in terms of, of that, I mean, he's he's gotten 20, 18.6, 23, 24. And he did it, I mean, 18.6 against the Bears. He, he hit against the Lions, hit against the Cowboys, hit against the Carolina Panthers. So he's been pretty consistent. Three touchdowns, two touchdowns, three and three. I would give him at least two touchdowns in, the, in this one against Jacksonville. And then we do have the weird thing going on with, Dalvin Cook, where they said he's pretty banged up right now, so maybe they lean on the passing game a little bit more, a little bit more going forward. Adam Thielen is going to be back. Justin Jefferson's been balling out, and then last week they also got some solid contributions from Ola B.C. Johnson and Chad Beebe. So I do think for the price, Kirk Cousins going up against Jacksonville, 
And Jack, Jacksonville's been pesky lately, so it's not like I don't think Minnesota's going to run away with this one. Um, the Jaguars, you know, they fought with the Cleveland Browns last weekend. They kept up with Green Bay a few weeks ago. Pittsburgh game was a little weird. That was just a huge turnover machine from Jake Luton. But with Mike Glennon, the, the Jaguars will offer some resistance. So I do think Kirk Cousins is going to be good, a good play. I would recommend stacking him, of course, with, with Jefferson or Thielen, whatever one you prefer, which one you think he's going to score the touchdown. Or maybe you pivot and because we, we do know that Herb Smith is still not practicing. So Kyle Rudolph also becomes a good play. So I'm very interested in the the Minnesota Vikings offense. It feels weird to say, but the passing offense is uh, it's starting to take off. And you see here with 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 Kirk Cousins, 307 yards, 314, 292. That's a really good stretch of football here. Um, really into Kirk Cousins, I think, at that price. So I, I like that call there, Harris. Uh, but just getting back to the Lions and the Bears, we were just kind of looking at the practice reports here. We're going to be watching some of these guys for practice reports tomorrow. We'll see if Swift is back. I don't think Galladay is going to be back, but uh, we'll move over to the Chicago side here. Um, this is a lengthy report. Looks like uh, Nick Foles, he got a full practice in today, but they've already named Trubisky the starter, so we like that for him. Let's move on here. No other offensive pieces here, so that's a really good sign. We're going to have all of our guys ready to go. Before we get into the Lions game, I just want to look at this real quick. Uh, is Latavius Murray good for DFS? Also in Yahoo, he is 17 bucks. Uh, I'm not sure what other pricings I guess he is going up against, but I, I mean, I've been kind of on the Latavius Murray train the last couple weeks, and I, the, the dude, I don't expect them to blow out the Atlanta Falcons like they did last time, uh, but there's a good chance that. I mean, they're going to lean on him. We know Alvin Kamara's got a foot injury right now. Why Why give Alvin Kamara the ball 15, 20-plus times when you got a perfectly good bruiser back that can handle the workload here? Uh, this game's in Atlanta, and you do see, man, 25, uh, 19 for 124. I think it's going to be somewhere in this 12 to 19 range for carries. So if you, if you are okay with the floor being, you know, what is this, about 75 all-purpose yards? That's 9.5 points. I think that's doable. So if you're okay with that being like one of your weaker spots, so your weaker spending points, and then you do have the upside of this, you know, this two-touchdown game, maybe he just gets one touchdown. So I, I do think Latavius Murray has some value and should allow you to, to spend up at other positions uh, as you see fit there. So just looking at the lines and the bears again, uh, we did note Matt Stafford, we like him as a quarterback too. The Bears defense is actually, I mean, it's solid, but we just saw Aaron Rodgers kind of pick it apart with Noah Keem Hicks kind of clogging the middle. Their offense was able to kind of do whatever it wants. The Bears are also really stingy against the running back and the wide receiver, so it's not a great matchup for the Detroit Lions. I, I would probably try to avoid them if I can. But the one spot that the Bears are giving up points, we just saw Robert Tunyon go off against them. I think he had five catches and a touchdown. The Bears ranked 31st against the tight ends. So all of a sudden, TJ Hawkinson, he's been one of the more consistent tight ends all season. I think he's like tight end four or five maybe in PPR format. So I do, if I'm starting anyone on the Detroit side, I'm starting TJ Hawkinson. I'll consider Marvin Jones if you, if you need help at the wide receiver three flex play. If DeAndre Swift is back, I'm going to try to get him in my lineup as an RB2 flex. It might be a little bit, you know, touch and go with him in his first game back, but I think I'm going to try to get him in there as an RB2. And then Stafford's really only usable in super flex leagues. On the Bears side, I think I might move Mitch Trubisky up to quarterback one. I'm I'm super interested in him because I just look at this Lions defense. Green matchups galore here. So they're 27th against the quarterback, almost 20 points per game. They do allow the most points to the running back. So you love David Montgomery in this one. 
And he's also been a pretty good pass catching back as well lately. And then they're pretty bad against the receivers, 40.1. We just saw Will Fuller go nuts against them for two touchdowns and 170-whatever yards. The one spot the Lions are okay on is against the tight end, so I don't think I need to start Jimmy Graham. And I've also noticed Cole Komet has actually been getting more snaps than Jimmy Graham, so I'm probably avoiding the tight end situation here for Chicago. I'm going to lean into Mitch Trubisky, having a pretty nice game with Allen Robinson and David Montgomery. I feel really good about all three of these guys. And then if you're feeling super risky, maybe these guys are better DFS plays, but I do think Anthony Miller, Darnell Mooney, it wouldn't surprise me to see uh, one of these guys connect for a touchdown. We did say that Trubisky has thrown for 12 touchdowns in the last four games against the Lions here. So maybe, again, this one's in Chicago. I could see the Bears having a pretty good game and uh, hanging around the wild card race there. So I do like the Bears. TJ Hawkinson for sure. Uh, You can hit me up with questions uh, for start sit as you see fit. Uh, looking at the Browns and the Titans, I just want to get up to a couple questions here. What's going on, ISO only? Thanks for hanging out, man. Uh, Harris is saying, is James White a better option? He is the same amount. So I think, is Yahoo half point PPR? I'm into James White. I do think, if you think about what's going on with the Los Angeles Chargers defense, they have a pretty good pass rush. Joey Bosa was, he was lights out last weekend. He had a really good game. And the best way to kind of diffuse a pass rush sometimes is with these quick little passes. And we also don't know. Uh, we also know that Rex Burkhead is he's out for the year. They don't really have another pass catching back. So I could see uh, James White having a pretty solid day in, in PPR leagues. But then also last weekend, he gets the two goal line carries, which is just kind of out of the blue. So there is an outside chance that he finds the end zone from the, like, you know, inside the five. But I would bank on James White having a high floor in, in half PPR leagues. I do think they're both pretty good plays. For me, I feel more confident in Latavius Murray getting more touches. So for me, I think I'm going to go with the touches there. And Latavius is also good for a couple catches there as well. So he does kind of have a little bit of boost in half PPR and PPR league. So I think I would rank them. I feel more confident in the Saints offense than I do the Patriots offense. So I think that's why I would lean with Murray here. Um, So, oh man, we lost by two points this weekend. So Deontay didn't outscore the Steelers defense. Deontay struggled last night. He he dropped a couple uh, of passes. He even had like a weird fumble thing kind of going on. He just, he just didn't seem uh, 100% locked in last night. So I was a little frustrated with Deontay myself. Um, but uh, yeah, let's 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 help you out, man. Fill up your questions. We're, we're here to help. We're just going over the start sits for the noon games. So we can pick up what's going on, Sport Dog. Thanks for hanging out, man. I can pick up Debo Samuel and unload Galladay's. I have the number one waiver wire pick. Is he a start this week? So Debo Samuel, um, I'll, I'll talk more in depth about him tomorrow night, but he does have a little bit of a tough matchup. I, th- I don't know if Tredavious White's going to shadow him. I think the 49ers do a really good job of moving Debo around. So I think he's going to be really hard to shadow. But, I mean, he comes in and gets 13 targets last week, 11 catches. He's a huge part of the offense. He's an extension of the run game. So I feel I feel pretty safe with Debo Samuel. And if we just kind of look, uh, let's just look at the 49ers schedule uh, going ahead here. Because I just, I don't know when we're going to see Kenny Galladay. Maybe they just shut him down for the rest of the season. Like that wouldn't surprise me. It would have been nice if they just put him on IR and they would give us, you know, a little bit of a, a report on what's going on with the hip. But he's not practicing this week. Um I mean, at this point, I think I'd rather own Debo Samuel than Galladay the rest of the way, assuming this is a PPR league. So can, if, if you don't have an IR spot, I think, I, I think I'm think i okay with getting rid of Kenny Galladay. 
And as we see here, the, the Niners are going to play Buffalo, Washington, Dallas, and Arizona. So I really like him in weeks 15 and 16. I think he can have good games here. He didn't play in the Arizona game earlier, so I'm, I'm not sure what he can do. Uh, but again, because the 49ers move him around so well, they can't. you can't really lock a Patrick Peterson on him. You can't really lock a Tredavious White on him because they do so many different things. So I do think Buffalo, Washington, Dallas, Arizona. I think I think Debo Samuel is like a top 25 receiver the rest of the way. So I think I do like Debo there. And if you can get him, I I, I think I'm going to take him over Kenny Galladay the rest of the way. So I might have, I might not have Kenny G. So I've got Brandon Cooks at the two if you like his odds this week. I do like Brandon Cooks a lot. I th I think some people are, are maybe overestimating. You know, without Wolf Fuller, how much he can do. He's only going to probably see maybe two or three more targets you know, per game. But at the moment right now, Brandon Cooks is playing some good football. Um, even with Wolf Fuller on the field, he was a pretty serviceable wide receiver three the last few games. So let's just pull up Wolf Fuller or uh, Brandon Cooks here. And uh, let's just see here. So he's going to be the primary receiver. Um, I mean, just the last two months of football here, he kind of got off to a slow start here, but he's also playing with a new team, new quarterback, new situation in a weird COVID year. But I mean, the last you know, eight games, he's been a wide receiver three and you see five, five, eight, nine, nine, nine targets. You're probably going to see somewhere in this eight to nine target range the rest of the way. And he's going to be hitting the 60 to 80 yards here. So I feel really good about Brandon Cooks being a, a, a high end wide receiver three, a borderline wide receiver two. So Brandon Cooks, I think he's in a really good spot here. And I do need one for flex, full PPR, Deontay, Kareem Hunt, Wayne, Gallman. So I'm probably going to rule. I, I like Wayne Gallman. He's on a touchdown streak, but he's also going against Seattle. And Seattle's defense lately, I don't know if I want to mess with Seattle's defense. They're actually starting to come on a little bit here. So if we look quick at the fantasy points allowed here by Seattle here to the running back, let's just see where they're at. So they rank, oh, they're kind of middle of the road here. And then I'm just curious. So let's just see what some of the top running backs against them. So Boston Scott, 9.7. Wayne Gallman, 16.0. Um, Malcolm Brown fell into the end zone, 12.8. So I guess there's a good chance that they, they could allow Wayne Gallman to score, but we're also looking at the possibility of Colt McCoy being the quarterback. I don't know if that excites me very well. This is a home game for Seattle, so that makes me a little bit nervous. But I guess you also, just looking back at what Seattle's been allowing to running backs here, so Miles Sanders, only 15 yards rushing. Boston Scott had seven. Kenyon Drake had 29. Um the, the the Rams trio backs, 33, 28, 38. So they're not really allowing a lot of rushing yards here. So if you feel like Gallman can get a touchdown, I mean, they have been allowing touchdowns here. So I, I think that's a little bit of a risky play. And then you got Deontay Johnson going up against the Washington football team. They do have a pretty good, I guess they have a good pass rush. So they limit the, the total PPR points to receivers. But then you also have Kareem Hunt here. So what do we do with Kareem Hunt going up against the Titans? Let me just look at that. Uh, I think I think I'm gonna feel uh, like Kareem Hunt has a high floor. He didn't play very good last weekend because Nick Chubb kind of just stole the show. Uh, but the Browns are they're decent against the running back here. Um, they they let James Robinson walk all over them last weekend, so I could see Chubb and Hunt having a pretty nice day. Miles Sanders only 11.1, Jacobs 12.9. Uh, I think I think I'm gonna go with Deontay Johnson in this one because he's probably got the highest ceiling. I know it's against Washington, and uh, I just, 
it's I w- I'm going to rank them Deontay, Kareem Hunt, and Wayne Gallman. I feel best about the Steelers' offense, and if if Ben Roethlisberger is going to keep chucking the ball 45 plus times, I just think Deontay Johnson's probably the safe uh, the safest guy with the highest uh, the highest outcome. So I think Deontay's the answer there. Um, so we got Harris' question here: Is Wayne Gallman good at the flex spot for PPR if Devontae Parker catches passes from Tua? Um, I'm nervous. If with that Dolphins offense, man, especially if you are interested in Devontae Parker and Mike Jasicki, I think you want Ryan Fitzpatrick to be the quarterback. I think that's that's really easy to see. So I'm interested in Parker and both Jasicki if if Fitzpatrick is the quarterback. Otherwise, if it's Tua, I'm kind of off. I'm I'm not excited about it. So I think in your case, Wayne Gallman, we just looked at the the Seahawks running backs uh, what they've been allowing to the running backs here so if you kind of limit your expectations i do think wayne gallman has a safe floor and this also i guess goes for iso only too because if you guys want to take wayne gallman i do think he's going to get touches i just i mean seattle's offense should be able to roll i'm just nervous about you know how many times they get to run the ball what the game script is going to be for them but again, he's on this little touchdown streak. If they do get inside the five-yard line, they're going to try to punch it in. So I do think Gallman has like a safe 10-point floor. Uh, but we also saw Tua throw some touchdowns. I think he's got two touchdown passes to Devontae Parker. So for now, I think if Tua is in, I think I'm going to I think I'm going to roll with Gallman here. But if it's if it's Fitzpatrick, I think it's really simple. Just go with Parker, and we'll probably look at that uh, later on in the week here. So turn your hair. Thanks for hanging out, man. What's going on? Packers or Seahawks defense this weekend. So we get this is a lot of Wayne Gallman Giants offense kind of stuff here. So uh, the Packers are at home. The Seahawks are at home as well. If we look at the uh, let's just look at positionals here and see which teams have been allowing the most points to defenses. I don't know if you could do that. No, we can't do that. So I think I think the Packers are, are a hot play right now. They're at home. They just destroyed the Bears. Philadelphia's offense and the whole team in Philadelphia is just in disarray right now. Carson Wentz leads the, the league in turnovers, both interceptions and fumbles. They're allowing sacks, they're allowing pressures, and the Packers right now, they're they're playing some, they're getting turnovers, they're also getting sacks and pressures right now. I think I'm going to lean with the Packers. And then the other thing about the Seahawks defense too is we don't know if Carlos Dunlap is going to play. He had an MRI. I haven't heard much about that yet, but I'm assuming he's not going to play this weekend. So I think I'm going to lean with the Packers in this one. They're a really hot defense right now. So Antonio Gibson or David Montgomery for playoffs the rest of the year. Uh, this one might surprise you, but it's off the top of my head. I think I'm going with David Montgomery. Um, the Washington football team here. Let's let's go look at that schedule. Uh, Washington's got a tough schedule the rest of the way, and I think it's actually just the way their schedule lays. It actually favors um, it favors JD McKissick to probably be a pretty good PPR play the rest of the way. So we see uh, Steelers, 49ers, Seahawks, Panthers. Steelers best team against the running back. 49ers are getting some of their good players back. Their defense is legit. And the Seahawks, we kind of looked at them earlier. They do allow touchdowns, but they also are a, a pretty good defense there that allows more passing and, and opportunities to receivers there. So this is a really tough schedule for the, the run with Antonio Gibson. Whereas let's just look at the Bears. The Bears schedule coming up is really juicy. So this weekend they play the Lions, worst team against the allowing the most running points here. And then they play the Texans, who allow the most, I think they're the second most PPR points to the running back. The Vikings are decent, and then it's the Jaguars. So this 
for any running back in the rest of the way, David Montgomery and the Bears have the best schedule, and he's got no competition for volume. So I think I'm rolling with David Montgomery, uh, especially with this schedule. Bears still have a good defense. I still have a chance to make the playoffs. So I think I'm going to roll with David Montgomery over Antonio Gibson in this one. Sports dogs. So we got eight team PPR starting Derrick Henry and Aaron Jones. We can flex Dobbins or Robert Woods. Is it generally better to flex a running back or a receiver? Um, um, I'm, I'm always into the playing the matchup. So J.K. Dobbins going up against Dallas. I think that's a really good matchup. And then you got Robert Woods. I uh, forget who the Rams play. Rams have a tough matchup, I believe, this weekend. Who do the Rams? Rams play the Cardinals. So we might see Patrick, you know, little pieces of Patrick Peterson and Robert Woods. Cooper Cup's more the inside guy. So that would mean Robert Woods is probably a little bit more matched up with uh, with our guy, Patrick Peterson, there. So Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones, of course, I love those guys there. You leave them as the running backs, and we can flex J.K. Dobbins or Robert Woods. Um, hmm. So what's tough for me is I don't really know what the Baltimore backfield is going to look like. I don't know if I entered that in, but before, um, the game against the Steelers, we did see JK Dobbins like dominate the touches. Uh, this is a week 11 game here. The last we saw him against the Titans, a loss in overtime. You see JK Dobbins with 15 for 70 and a touchdown, two targets, two catches, 15 yards. And then Gus Edwards, Ingram, these guys were afterthoughts. Only three touches for Gus and only two for Mark Ingram. So if you think that Dobbins is going to, you know, step right back into this workload against Dallas, we like we just saw Antonio Gibson run hog wild against Dallas. So I I think I'm more excited to play J.K. Dobbins, and then Robert Woods. Uh, let's just take a look here. We'll use um, we'll use our old site here, Stat Muse. Let's see what Robert Woods has been up to against the Arizona Cardinals the last few seasons. So Robert Woods versus Cardinals game logs. Okay, so okay. So last year, two games against the Arizona Cardinals, he sees seven for 67 and a touchdown. And then uh, before that, he gets 13 for 172. Oh my goodness. So okay, so the, the history here for Robert Woods against the Cardinals looks really strong. I see six for 89 and a touchdown. I see six for 81, five for 59, six for 51. He's got his, his worst game was 11 to 12 points. So with this, I... I, apparently Robert Woods is the the much higher ceiling and the safer play here. So I think just looking at this man, I think I'm going to go with Robert Woods. It seems like uh, the Cardinals don't really know how to appease and stop him. So they're both really good options though. I think, uh, I think you're in really good shape if those are your two picks, but we're going to go Robert Woods just based on the history here. So my playoffs, uh, my league playoffs let end. Um, forget what I said earlier. Should we pick up Mike Davis and drop McKissick or is McCaffrey playing this week? Uh, can't, the Panthers are on bye, so we we don't know anything about Carolina uh, for the week right now. They're not going to put on any practice reports. I'm assuming we're going to see Christian McCaffrey back. If you had to, I, I think I really like JD McKissick's schedule the rest of the way. We kind of just looked at what the um, we, we were just looking at what the Redskins schedule was here. And I think if this makes sense to you guys, it makes sense to me, but in games where Washington is, I guess, playing catch up mode, you know, they're not, they're not leading the games like they are against the Bengals and the Cowboys. You're going to see Antonio Gibson have a much better game in, in those positive game scripts, but in a game against the Steelers, the 49ers, the Seahawks, like 
do we think the Redskins are going to win that game? You know, are they going to be trailing for most part of it? To me, that kind of spells out maybe more J.D. McKissick, and especially in a PPR league, I think I'm going to hold on to McKissick. And uh, I'd probably just let Mike Davis chill on the waiver wire uh, because even when like the last maybe two or three weeks with Christian McCaffrey out of the lineup, Mike Davis hasn't exactly been, you know, what he was earlier in the year. He wasn't even close to like an RB one. He's been kind of just lingering and getting maybe 50% of the snaps. So for me, I value Mike uh, JD McKissick more than I value Mike Davis. So I think I would hold there. Um, no problem, Kelly. Um, so David Montgomery or Kareem Hunt standard league. Uh, give me David Montgomery going up against the Detroit Lions this weekend. So, uh, we'll pull up here the fantasy points allowed to the running backs in a PPR. Uh, this is standard, so we're going to hit FF today standard. So, again, the Detroit Lions allow the most points per game to the running backs, 28 points per game. And if you think about um, one way to look at this is if, if the Lions allowed 28 points per game and you're looking at a team like the Bears who basically – they're going to give David Montgomery 90, 95% of those, the touches there. So you're, you're probably looking at a, a 20 point game from David Montgomery here. Uh, they've allowed seven catches for touchdowns to running backs. They've allowed 14 rushing touchdowns. So that's 21 total touchdowns in just 11 games. So you have a legit chance at maybe getting two David Montgomery touchdowns this weekend. I think it's a really easy call for me. I'm going David Montgomery here. Um, so Turner here says we have James Robinson, Wayne Gallman, Miles Gaskin. Should we drop McKissick for Michael Pittman instead? Um, so I still don't know what's up with Miles Gaskin. Let's just see if he's uh, been doing anything this week. So he's not on the injury report here. Uh, let's just Google our boy Miles Gaskin because I've been waiting to see if they're going to activate him yet. Um, so it does say that he's moving closer to return. I don't think. I mean, there's a 50-50 there's a chance that he's going to play this weekend. I'm going to assume we're not going to see him just for the bad downside there. But James Robinson, you're starting him every day as your, your RB1. Wayne Gallman, I don't mind. We talked about him a pretty good amount earlier. He's got a, a decent volume floor play of 7 to 10 points uh, in any format there. Um, should we drop J.D. McKissick for Michael Pittman instead? Uh, I did like what I saw from Michael Pittman, but I was a little bit nervous that um let's see here let's pull up the uh, let me go back to the fantasyfellowship.com uh michael pittman he had the two week spurt of really good numbers but last weekend i think uh philip rivers really focused on ty hilton and the tight ends so i i do think that i guess compared to pittman and mckissick they're both really inconsistent i don't feel great about either one in my lineup but I guess the positives for, for Pittman, he saw nine targets. He only caught two for 28, but he's also on the field the most here, 86% for the receivers. T.Y. Hilton, though, did catch the touchdown, four for 81, five targets and a touchdown. Um, so I guess you like the targets there, but it just feels like Michael Pittman Jr. is going to be super inconsistent for the most part. And uh, if, if those are your only running backs, I think I'm going to value J.D. McKissick a little bit more here. And then, yeah, you do say your receivers here are Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson, Corey Davis, Debo Samuel. I mean, I think your, your receivers, man, like I just I don't know if I'm going to get Michael Pittman in my lineup over those three dudes. I, I would probably rank them Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson, Debo Samuel, and then Corey Davis would be kind of like your flex option. And I think at this point I'm probably playing Corey Davis over Michael Pittman. So I do think J.D. McKissick has more value for you with your current uh, wide receiver lineup. I don't know if I'm going to use Pittman there. 
So uh, I think that's what I would do there. Thanks for the questions in the chat room, dudes. We're having a, a good part one of the week 13 start sit column. Uh, I did kind of just finish up with, I think we were talking Lions Bears. If you guys have any more Lions Bears questions, we can hit those later. Uh, but I did want to go over the Browns and the Titans game. This is probably one of the most exciting games that we have on the noon slate. So Browns eight and three, Titans eight and three, both teams hitting their stride right now, bruising power running back teams. Derek Henry, Nick Chubb, you want to get these guys in your lineups for sure. They've both been playing out of their mind lately. And these two teams are very similar on offense. I do think the Titans offense is a little bit more efficient, a little bit more trustworthy. We like Ryan Tannehill as a quarterback one. We love Derrick Henry. We love A.J. Brown, who, I mean, at this point, we just need A.J. Brown to make one play a game for us. And he has been getting more consistent with the short and the, the quicker area routes. So I do like A.J. Brown. I have him listed here as a wide receiver one. And then Corey Davis. He doesn't get a lot of volume, but he's been really consistent. I think he's been over double digits pretty much all but one game this year. So I have a really good feeling about Corey Davis. If we quick look at the fantasy points allowed here, we see seven out of eight green matchups here. So really, really good matchups for both teams, actually. You see the Browns allowing about 18.6 points to the quarterback, the Titans about 20.5. So I'm, I'm into both guys. Again, I trust Tannehill a little bit more. He does get some rushing touchdowns like he did last weekend. Uh, and then the Browns against the receivers ranked 23rd against tight ends. Maybe we're interested in Johnny Smith. I don't know if I trust it there, but uh, for sure I'm rolling with these guys on the Titan side here. I'm not going to start either defense in this one. And then Johnny Smith, he's been on the injury report here. I don't think he practiced today. Let's just pull this up real quick. So if you need tight end help and you've been rolling out Johnny Smith, he hasn't practiced all week with an undisclosed injury. I thought it was an ankle injury. I can't remember what I, what happened on Sunday, but this is leaning towards no John or Smith this weekend. So we'll see what happens tomorrow. But if, if Smith can't go, I can't really confidently tell you Anthony Ferkser or, or Jeff Swain here. I think it's just going to be more concentrated to these three guys, Henry Brown, Corey Davis. So these guys are all must plays for me this weekend. And then on the Brown side, if you look quick here, we got all green matchups here. The Titans defense one of the worst in the league in basically every category here. So you're going to love uh, Nick Chubb, 100%. He, he's not moving from our lineup. Kareem Hunt, I know he had a bad game last weekend. I think he had maybe, what, six or seven points in PPR leagues. I think you can still whip him out as a running back to flex. We just got to lower our expectations to maybe an eight to 10-point floor there. But I do expect the Browns offense to move the ball pretty well here. So there should be a lot of, lot of volume for both Chubb and Hunt. I think at this point, Jarvis Landry, what he did last weekend, man, we like we're gonna feel stupid if if we leave him on the bench and he does that again. And he does have you know all the positive green matchups here on the side of the Tennessee the Tennessee defense. And then Austin Hooper, just because Titans defense gives up about fourteen point five points to the tight ends here. And I think he scored last weekend. He only caught two balls, but one of them was a touchdown. So tight end is very difficult to come by with points. So I do think uh, he's viable there. I think that's pretty much it for the Browns and the Titans. So if you guys have questions on that one, we can get to those. But I want to quick check out the chat room here and see what we got. Uh, so Turner's asking, if Lamar doesn't play, do you think McSorley could start? I mean, I thought it looked better with McSorley than it did with RG3, don't you think? Uh, I, I'd be more excited. Like if I had to start one in fantasy, I do think I'd be more excited to start um, McSorley for sure. Uh, but I do think we're going to see Lamar play in this one. I'm not, I can't remember what date it was that Lamar went on the COVID list. I think it was, uh, maybe that was a Saturday. So if, if we see, technically that would mean on Saturday, 
like I think it, I think it needs a full seven days. So we should know by Saturday if Lamar is going to play or not. And I think I'm going to do a Saturday show just to cover more uh, news and questions and whatever you guys need. So I do think if Lamar doesn't play, I I think they should start McSorley. And we did see RG3 get hurt at the end of the game too. So I don't know if there's any practice reports on Baltimore because they just played yesterday. Uh, but I think I think here, uh, Robert Griffin, I mean, did not practice the hamstring. I don't think anyone's practicing after this game though. So I, in this case, I think we would see Trace McSorley here uh, just because he's fresher. Uh, and then we're going to ask pick three, Allen Robinson, Keenan Allen, Debo Samuel, Miles Gaskin, JD McKissick, and Corey Davis. Give me the top three. Give me Allen Robinson and Keenan Allen for sure. Like those guys are the locks. And then if you're feeling, if you're not excited about Debo, Debo Samuel, uh, I, I do like Debo Samuel, the third best here, but otherwise it would be between probably Debo and Corey Davis, just because. I mean, if we just quickly pull up what Corey Davis has been doing, he's starting to feel uh, like a pretty safe option here. And then the big thing to keep in mind, if you guys have Corey Davis and you're thinking about using him or not this weekend, if John Smith doesn't play, like he's going to get some targets. And we have seen here three straight games of double digits. I don't know what happened in the Chicago game. He just gets blanketed here. But the rest of Corey Davis's his season has been pretty nice. So if you want to shoot for a safe floor here, I do like Corey Davis. But I also think Debo Samuel is probably the guy with uh, a really safe floor and a really high ceiling just because 13 targets last weekend, you know, Corey Davis ain't going to see that. So for me, give me A-Rob, give me Keenan, and give me Debo Samuel there. Uh, so Sports Dog asks, I have the Brown and the LA Rams for defense. I could pick up Tampa Bay and replace with Browns or switching out the Browns. Um, so the thing about Tampa Bay's schedule is they're going to play – they're on bye this weekend, but they do play Minnesota and then Atlanta and then Detroit. So I do like Tampa Bay's defense, you know, maybe not against Minnesota. Minnesota's been playing some good offensive football lately. Uh, but against Atlanta and Detroit, that might be a nice option to have there. I think, yeah, you, I mean, we know we got to keep the Rams' defense. They've been kind of a lockdown defense lately. But the Cleveland Browns, I mean, I don't – Trust them against the Titans and all this weekend. Let's just look at the Browns' schedule real quick the rest of the way um, just to see. So we know Tampa Bay is – is they get – they get um, here, let me type in Browns' schedule. Uh, delete that. So, again, Tampa Bay is playing Minnesota. They're going to also play Atlanta, and they're going to play the Detroit Lions. So this week the Browns play the Titans, then they play the Ravens. I do like the Giants and the Jets here, which would be your week's 15 and 16 games. So with that being said, are the Browns worth holding on to? Uh, let's just quick look at the Rams schedule. Because if the Rams can hold us over for the next two weeks, they play the Cardinals, they play the Patriots here. That's a tough one, man. I think, I think I'm okay with holding on to the Cleveland Browns defense here. Just because, I mean, just look at this. They're playing the New Yorks. Weeks 15 and 16 here. And if you get to the championship, man, I think everybody would, would love to start the defense against the Jets here. So I do think that's a really good option there. You're probably going to roll with the Rams for at least the next two weeks, and we can consider the Browns against the Giants here. So I guess the, the big the big picture question is, would you rather have Tampa Bay versus the Lions or the Browns versus the Jets. I think the the data and the numbers would say, give me the Jets. So I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns in this scenario there. So that's a good question. Uh, and that's the kind of the, that's the stuff that I really like at this point of the season is it's week 13. 
if you're if you know your team is going to make the playoffs or like you're a top four seed or something and you feel pretty good about making the playoffs you got to look forward you got to look into week 14 you got a week into 15 and then the 16 there uh it's all about kind of being ahead of the curve and i mean you just pointed out browns weeks 15 16 that's championship time they play the giants and the jets so that's a really good defense i think to stash and hold on to what's going on fabian man thanks for hanging out how's it going um we did kind of get off topic here we were just talking about the browns and the titans i don't i mean just be, I, I just expressed some nice thoughts here on the browns defense uh but not against the titans I'm, I'm not i'm not using them here especially when you got the rams defense playing some really good football kyler murray is not really looking like himself right now either so i do like the rams this week hold on to the browns i think and uh we'll lean on them towards the weeks 15 and 16 here we're going to move on to the Bengals and the Dolphins, though, and then we'll move on to the Jaguars and Vikings. Looks like we got a couple more games here. Not exactly the most exciting game, the Bengals and the Dolphins here. Let's quick look and see what was up with uh, Miami's practice reports today. So Tua, Tungo by Loa, limited practice back-to-back -back days with the thumb. Um, I don't think they've named a starter at all right now, so it's, it's probably a 50-50 shot at best right now. Looks like Malcolm Perry, backup running back receiver, questionable. Running back DeAndre Washington, questionable. And Salvin Ahmed, questionable. So the whole running back group looks pretty dicey at the moment right now. It's nice to see no receivers here. But, I mean, I, I really don't know how much I want to get into this Bengals and Dolphins game. If Fitzpatrick is the starting quarterback, you're starting Parker, you're starting Mike Jasicki. I think if Miles Gaskin comes back, um, I'm nervous because – I don't know. I, I usually don't trust a running back in his first game back. Austin Eckler was an exception last week. Uh, I think Christian McCaffrey would also be an exception next week. But, I mean, we're talking, you know, the cream of the crop running backs in terms of, you know, top five, top ten picks from our draft earlier. So is Miles Gaskin going to come back and be, you know, the RB2 that he was earlier when they like DeAndre Washington, they like Salvin Ahmed, they like Matt Breida. You know, there's a lot of guys in the backfield there. So I think I'm going to lean towards leaving uh, Gaskin on the bench. But again, it's a good matchup. So I think it really depends. Like, I, th I think give me Wayne Gallman over Miles Gaskin, if that was like a, a call that you needed to, to answer there. I just think uh, Gallman, we know he's getting the touches. He's on the touchdown streak. I would continue rolling with that there. The one start that I really do like from the Dolphins, though, is the defense. Going up against the Bengals, like who cares? Uh, the Bengals have really nothing to play for at the moment right now. So start the Dolphins' defense. And then I guess on the Bengals' side, I mean, don't touch Brandon Allen. I have him listed as a quarterback too, maybe in Superflex leagues. I do think T. Higgins, if, if you if you don't have a better option there, I suppose T. Higgins can be a wide receiver three flex for you. Let's just look and see uh, what his opportunity report looked like last week. Um, so this is week 12. We'll move on down here to the Bengals. So Cincinnati. So see T Higgins here, 92% of the snaps catches all five of his targets, 44 yards and a touchdown. So maybe on, on like the worst, you know, the floor game for him would be no touchdown five for 44. So if you're, if you're interested in taking the, you know, rolling the dice there, maybe you get eight to 10 points out of T Higgins, but I, I don't trust Bernard. I don't trust Tyler Boyd. These guys are super, you know, they're super risky plays. They're kind of start uh, emergency starts, I guess, if you will, if you have, you know, if you have like a guy like Chris Godwin or DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, if you have guys on buys, maybe I can see you putting Tyler Boyd in the lineup, but I'm trying to avoid 
the entire Cincinnati side, if I can. And then if two is in this one, man, I'm, I'm just really nervous about the offensive output there. And I, I really just think the Dolphins defense is the way to go. So not a very exciting game there with the, the Jaguars and the Vikings, though. This one, we talked about, we were talking up the Vikings earlier. We had a really good question from Harris uh, earlier in the in the group here asking if we should play Kirk Cousins in DFS because he's got a pretty good price tag on him. And Kirk Cousins, man, he's been quietly playing, you know, like a top 10 quarterback in fantasy. So we do like what he has to offer going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. They, we did hear that Dalvin Cook, you know, is, is banged up. That was the actual quote that they used. So I do think we're going to see Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Kyle Rudolph. All three of those guys should be in lineups this weekend. Herb Smith is still not practicing. So I do think Jefferson, Thielen, and Rudolph should be in lineups this week. Of course, Dalvin Cook is. And then Kirk Cousins. I have him listed as a quarterback too, but I do think if you're in a pinch this weekend and say you had a guy like Tom Brady or you're nervous about you know another quarterback or two, uh, Kirk Cousins could be streamed. He's been he's been playing some really good football. He's hovering, he's getting around 300 yards per game the last three. I think he's thrown eight touchdowns in the last three games as well. So uh, Vikings offense is peaking at the right time here. I'm going to answer a question real quick from Jenna, ER nurse. What's going on, Jenna? Thanks for hanging out tonight. We need to pick one. J.K. Dobbins, Ezekiel Elliott, James White, full PPR. This is a tough question. Oh, man. Okay, so um, Ezekiel Elliott. Are we benching Ezekiel Elliott this weekend is the underlying tone of this question here. So if we look quick down here, we do know the Cowboys play on Tuesday night football. Kind of fun. Going up against the, the Baltimore Ravens here. I have both guys listed as running back twos. Um, so it looks like the Cowboys defense, though. We just saw Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson had a breakout game on Thanksgiving here. Three touchdowns, over 100, 120 yards or something like that. So uh, I think it's really safe to say that Dobbins has the best matchup here. Uh, the Ravens allow the 11th most points or the 11th fewest points here to the running backs, about 22 so I do think I'm going to prefer J.K. Dobbins over Ezekiel Elliott in this one. I would expect the Ravens to win this game and to continue feeding uh, the running game throughout the game there. And I don't know if you were watching earlier, but we did pull up. We were looking at the Baltimore Ravens stats from week 11 when um, it was the Ravens versus the Titans. And we saw J.K. Dobbins like emerged in that game. So if, if we think he can come back and just, you know, outsnap Edwards and Ingram, he, he got 15 carries for 70 yards and a touchdown, two receptions, two targets, and 15 yards. And Edwards is only getting three touches, and Ingram only got two. So this was a really interesting game here. This could be a situation where J.K. Dobbins is just going to be their lead back going forward, and uh, they're going to go with the younger, fresher legs here. So I do think J.K. Dobbins has the most upside of all of these guys. James White is also an interesting guy uh, because we, we just watched James White <laughs> score two goal line touchdowns last weekend. Uh, I was a little frustrated because I, I, I used Damian Harris in a few leagues. But uh, a tough matchup against the Chargers uh, rush defense there. But we see James White back-to-back 14-point -back games in PPR leagues. Uh, I just want to kind of look around here. Let's see what the, the Chargers allow for fantasy points. So the Chargers, this is a green matchup here. Their defense does allow about 25 PPR points per game to the running backs. And I do have White also listed as a PPR running back too. So I guess the good news here between Dobbins, Elliott, and James White, I think you're looking at an 8 to 10 point floor no matter who you throw out there. 
So for me, if that's the case, I'm going to throw out the guy that I think has the most upside and that also has the best matchup. So for me, I think it's J.K. Dobbins. Uh, he, he could have played yesterday, but they, he didn't get a practice in. He did come off the COVID list, so I think he's going to be totally fine. If you are feeling um, – if you're feeling – you know, you want to play a game, a running back on Tuesday, I think give me Dobbins. I just think, uh, especially with what we saw from him week 11, the snap counts are going his way. The touches are going his way. He also got the goal line touchdown. J.K. Dobbins uh, just seems like the more fun pick there for me. So I think that's what I would do. Thank you for the question, Jenna. Sport Dog with another question here. I'd like a backup for my quarterback, Herbert, for playoffs uh, week 15 through 17. The only decent waiver wire picks left are Cousins or Rivers. TE pick Hawkinson or Goddard. Uh, great show. Solid advice. Yeah, man. Thank you. No problem. I love to help. So um, you have a really nice waiver wire here. So playoffs are weeks 15 through 17. And you have Kirk Cousins and Philip Rivers left here. And we're looking at Hawkinson or Dallas Goddard. Um, so let's just quick look at the Indianapolis Colts schedule here. We'll start with Phillip Rivers. Uh, I do think, I mean, we know we kind of know the, the Vikings and the Colts are more run-heavy offenses. And if we look at the Colts schedule, they're going to play the Texans. They're going to play the Raiders. They're going to play the Texans. They're going to play the Steelers. And then they're going to play the Jaguars again here. So I don't like this Steelers game at all for Phillip Rivers. But I do like all the other games here. You're looking at four out of five really, really nice games. I do think that we might see the Colts lean into the running game with a, a young rookie, Jonathan Taylor. Maybe they, they start giving him more touches. Uh, but, I mean, just looking at this, we know we know Phil Rivers and the, and the Vikings are both going to have to continue playing through Week 17 as they're, you know, they're trying to keep up in their division and also with the wild card races. So, for me, this is four out of five really good games for our guy Philip Rivers here and if we look at the Vikings schedule I'm actually kind of nervous about the Vikings schedule down the stretch so we love we love this weekend's game against the Jacksonville Jaguars then they play Tampa Bay and we just saw Tyree Kill slash this Buccaneers secondary and we know Tampa Bay is pretty stingy against the running backs here so in my head it would make sense if the Vikings want to put together a really good game plan to beat the Bucks Thielen and Jefferson Rudolph, get these, you know, fast receivers, you know, kind of dicing up the Bucks defense. So I kind of like Kirk Cousins against the Buccaneers there. The Bears, I'm not really sure I like that game. Sometimes the Bears just seem to have Kirk Cousins game. So I'm a little bit nervous there. I'm also a little bit nervous about this Saints game in New Orleans. The Saints defense is surging right now. So that makes me a little bit nervous. And then we also like the Lions game here. So for me, this is three out of five games that I think I would start Kirk. And then both quarterbacks do have a bad matchup week 16. I think give me Phillip Rivers just because we, I mean, he's dealing with Naheem Hines. You got T.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman, the tight ends are involved here. So I think Phillip Rivers offers a little bit more safety and stability there. So I, I think I'm going to go with Phillip Rivers. Uh, but if you had to just go one game and you wanted a backup, I mean, Kirk Cousins the next two weeks. You know, uh, Jaguars, Vikings, I think that could be nice. And then uh, I guess week 17. Uh, Kirk against the Lions, that could be a really good one. And then we did note that uh, the Colts play the Jaguars. So either way, I think you're in a really good spot. Your head's in the right the right decision-making spot there. But give me Philip Rivers, I think. Uh, we got another question here from Jenna. Ask uh, PPR, Stefan Diggs, Justin Jefferson, Michael Thomas, and Devontae Adams, and Cup. Holy crap, we got some good receivers on this team. So pick four. 
Devontae Adams ain't going nowhere. He's number one. Um, Diggs. I think it's going to be Diggs, Jefferson, and Cup. I'm nervous about Michael Thomas. I know he had nine for 104 against the Falcons earlier, uh, and we could see Taysom Hill kind of bounce back with that. Uh, but I think for sure you're going Devontae Adams. For sure you're going Justin Jefferson because, I, I mean, at the moment right now, he's probably the hottest receiver uh, not named Tyreek Hill or Devontae Adams. Let's just look at what Justin Jefferson's been doing lately. And then I do think that because Adam Thielen's going to be back, that's actually going to help Justin Jefferson, you know, kind of get more softer coverages and more man-on-man, one-to-one stuff. So he's playing some really good football right now. Continue starting Justin Jefferson. So we got Jefferson, we got Adams. Stephon Diggs, man, I know he had a bad game last weekend, and he's probably going to be going up against a little bit of Richard Sherman and Jason Verrett. But I do, I do, I mean, Stephon Diggs is playing such good football this year. And I did see a stat on Stephon Diggs where here let's pull up digs so he's the wide receiver five right now i i just i don't know if i could justify uh benching the wide receiver five uh you know week 13 here and if you look at his um his ppr yeah you did specify ppr he hasn't had one game below 10 points so i think i'm going to roll with stefan Diggs no matter what and we'll see if the buffalo bills uh can can get him schemed open enough against the the 49ers and then it's going to be between Cooper Cup and Michael Thomas. So we got um, – we're, we're going to pull up my trusty website here, StatMuse. We're going to type in Cooper Cup versus Cardinals. And we're going to add the word game log. So we did see Robert Woods was ripping it up against uh, this team the last, you know, three years. And so last year, 2019, Cooper Cup goes 7 for 99 in a touchdown. The other game, six for 65 and a touchdown. So we like this. Uh, and then I guess 2018, he only had one game, but he goes six for 63. 2017 is rookie year, five for 68, four for 51. I think that speaks to me. That makes sense. I'm going with, with Cooper Cup here. Uh, I get Michael Thomas could have a nice game here, but um, you're attaching yourself to to a better quarterback situation with with Adams, with Cup, with Diggs, and Jefferson. So I think I'm going to leave Michael Thomas on my bench. If that makes sense to you, I think um, I think that's what I would do. Um, so we got Callie asking, Jonathan Taylor or Naheem Hines? Hines has been playing well. Naheem Hines has been has been looking pretty good lately. Uh, I'm just curious because uh, we do know that Hines has played against the the texans a couple times in his career so let's just see what the old boy's been doing uh in the past here so we see 51 rushing yards last year 10 receiving yards two receptions so what that would have been three points plus the 51 so that's an eight point game and keep in mind this is with jacoby Brissett. uh and then the other game here just one for 13 three yards rushing so i don't really see anything that jumps off the screen here but we do know with philip rivers um I mean, I, I like Naheem Hines and what he's been doing. Assuming this is full PPR, Callie, um, I think Naheem Hines is really tough to sit. Uh, but I did want to pull up another thing here that I, I'm really interested in. So Naheem Hines, we know the story with Hines. It's either going to be five points or it's going to be you know, a top five, top ten running back week. So um, and at, at this point, it's it's been every other been every other freaking game here so 17 5 6.3 5.8 21.2 it's just been really difficult to trust this guy um but i did want to pull up here so we're looking at fantasy points allowed to the running backs here and if i just filtered 
by rushing yards. Look who has allowed the most rushing yards to running backs this year. 1,564, 14 rushing touchdowns. I think I'm taking Jonathan Taylor this week. Um, he's going to be back, and we did see Jonathan Taylor get 22 carries against the Packers You know, before uh, the COVID game kept him out last weekend. So I, I'm excited about Naheem Hines, but I also think the safety of Jonathan Taylor, we do know that Taylor gets, you know, sometimes a catch or two per game. He's been pretty good with the yards per catch as well. And if you're going to tell me he's going to, if, if Taylor touches the ball 15 times, I think I'm going to want him in my lineup for double digit points, really good opportunity and potential for a touchdown here. So I think I'm going to roll with Jonathan Taylor in a game where we should, we should see the Colts. I mean, if, if we're sitting here on a Thursday night and we're realizing that the, the Texans allow the most rushing yards, I think the Colts know that they're going to run the ball a lot. So I think I'm rolling with Jonathan Taylor in that one. Um, so yeah, man, hit the like button. I appreciate that sport dog. That's really cool of you. Thank you so much. Um, just trying to do, just trying to have fun and uh, just give some cool insight and advice. That's what I like doing. Uh, but I guess if you guys have any more questions, we can, we can hit those up. I did want to kind of get back to, I think I'm trying to see where we left off. We were just kind of going over the noon games tomorrow, same time, six o'clock. I'll cover, uh, I guess the rest of the afternoon and the night games. Um, if you guys want me to talk more about the, the the Vikings and the Jaguars, I kind of already said I like everything here on the Vikings side. Jaguar side, really simple. Just give me James Robinson in pretty much every league. If you play in two quarterback leagues, maybe Mike Glennon's a quarterback too. Let's just quick check the injury report here for DJ Chark. I just I'm, I I besides James Robinson, I really don't know what uh, wide receiver to use here. So it looks like Chark practicing in limited capacity. Uh, back-to-back days. You got Chris Conley back as well. So I think that I think I like Mike Glennon as a quarterback too. Uh, but do we trust DJ Chark? If you guys have questions with DJ Chark, I think I would I would start somebody. I mean, I might I might even start Corey Davis over DJ Chark. Um, you know, give me some of those those more consistent, safer plays here. Uh, but I don't know the Jaguars, man. I'm I'm trying not to trust it. Besides James Robinson, that's the only thing that feels right to me. So let's just try to avoid uh, the Jacksonville offense there. One more question here from Sport Dog 1000. So tight end, pick one. Do I trust the Lions and Hawkinson, or do we go with Goddard? So, oh, I, I did kind of miss that part of the question. My bad. My bad there. Um, so um, is this a – so this is a rest of the season question with both guys. We know, we know Zach Ertz is coming back, but for me – like if you watch the tape, Goddard is the better tight end at this point of their career. So I'm not really nervous about Zach Ertz coming on. And if you've kind of seen the last few stats, or I guess the last few uh, box scores from the Philadelphia Eagles games, you see Richard Rodgers also getting some steady stats. So there is room for two tight ends. I really do like the Eagles. Um, I, I don't like the Eagles offense, but because it's so bad, and that they're probably not going to win a lot of games. That should lead to more throws. Uh, so I do like Dallas Goddard there. But then the thing with uh, TJ Hawkinson is, I mean, he's just been really steady. We don't know if Kenny Galladay is going to play anymore this year. So technically, like Hawkinson, he's like their 1B. They do throw to Marvin Jones or they throw to Hawkinson. So if we just quick look here at what TJ's been doing, he's only had one bad game all season. And he's got no other competition for, for tight end points there. I know Jesse James is on the field quite a bit uh, for blocking purposes. But TJ Hawkinson here, man, uh, I think I think I feel more comfortable with him in my lineup. And then if we just quick look at the 
Uh, I want to just pull up the Lions schedule real quick here. Maybe this will help us. So we're playing the Bears. We're playing the Packers. We're playing the Titans. We're playing um, we're playing the Bucks, and we're playing the Vikings. So this doesn't really scare me that much. Um, I did notice here that the Bears here. Let's let's just filter this to tight end points allowed here and look at PPR. This is a PPR question, right? Um, so okay, so we did say the Bears. The Bears allow here. I'm going to actually flip this. So the Steelers, the best team against tight end. And then down here, you have the bad teams against tight end. So Chicago, allowing the second most points to tight end. So I, I really like TJ Hawkinson this weekend. So that checks this weekend's box. Against the Packers, this is probably the toughest matchup on the schedule for the for the Lions the rest of the way. The Packers, pretty good. They are a top five defense against them. They allow 9.2 points. I do think Hawkinson could get 9.2 points. Uh, and then uh, I guess if we look at it, we, we, we already have a game with Hawkinson in this, and he, he didn't lay a goose egg or anything. So I feel pretty consistent there with Hawkinson against the Packers. And again, he's kind of the only game in town. And then you got the Titans, Titans, Bucks, Vikings, Titans, Bucks, Vikings. So the Titans, uh, where are the Titans? I can't read. So the Titans ranked 26th here, about 14.5 points per game. We also know they're going to play the Bucks. The Bucks. I mean, Travis Kelsey just put a dent in these guys, you know, the other game here. So did Tyree Kill. But uh, 13.4 here, they're a bottom-ranking team there. The Vikings are a little bit better against the tight end. Um, but, again, 11.7 here. I think I'm going to roll with, with TJ Hawkinson in this one. One, because Eagles and Lions, both teams not don't really like both teams right now. But I think I'm going to trust Matt Stafford a little bit more than I like uh, Carson Wentz, but to be honest, they're both really good options. If you, if you're leaning towards Dallas Goddard, I'm not going to tell you that's a bad idea either. Uh, but for me, let's, uh, let's, let's just roll with, with TJ Hawkinson. He's been having a pretty good year. And I guess I'm just, I just wanted to pull this up real quick in terms of, I think in terms of tight end points per game, I think Hawkinson's going to be a pretty good play here. So he's tight end three on the season. You're telling me he's available. This is an 18, this is an 18 league, right? Uh, cause that's what would make sense. I thought, I thought sport dog was the one. Yeah, this is an 18 league here. Um, man, give me, give me TJ Hawkinson. And I just want a quick look at the, um, if we just filter by fantasy points per game, Hawkinson, uh, he's going to be tight end. I mean, both guys are pretty good here, six and seven. So I don't really have a problem with either one, but I think just, just give me Hawkinson. There's less, um, less competition for targets and it's Stafford versus Wentz. So uh, I think that's what I'm going to lean with there. So thank you for all the questions, guys. This has been a pretty fun show tonight. Uh, we're going on a little over an hour and five minutes. Um, if you guys want to keep hanging out, we can, we can keep going for some more questions here. I did want to get to maybe one more game here. Actually, we technically have two more games that we should get to. So I think I'm going to power walk these Jets and Raiders. Stay away from the Jets. Pretty simple. If you guys need if you guys are like in 12 team leagues, you know, more competitive, like I need a wide receiver three this weekend. Cause Godwin is out. Robbie Anderson's out. Rashad Perriman, Denzel Mims, you know, consider these guys, they've been pretty decent the last few games. I think Denzel Mims has had uh, three straight games uh, of, uh, of double digits there. Um, so it looks like uh, we have both uh, Hawkinson and Goddard this weekend. Give me, give me Hawkinson against the bears. Goddard against the Packers, it could happen, but Hawkinson going against the 31st ranked Bears against tight ends, uh, and the potential for No Galladay to be in this one. Give me, give me TJ Hawkinson. I think I, I feel pretty good about that.
Um, so the Jets were pretty much ruling them out. If you need some dirty, you know, RB two points, sure. Frank Gore can get you eight to 10 points. And then the receivers here, these guys are just kind of eight to 10 point floor guys. I would avoid them if I can on the Raiders side, we got to see what Josh Jacobs is doing. Um, let's just, I want to pull up the practice reports here real quick. Um, so I'm assuming, uh, you guys, you guys have waiver wire runs tonight. So if there's any waiver wire questions, I think I can help out with those real quick. Uh, but I did want to look at Las Vegas because Josh Jacobs did not practice two days in a row here. Uh, and yeah, sport dog. Um, basically my schedule for, I guess the rest of the season is that I'm going to try to go live Monday through Friday at 6 PM central time. I don't know what your time zone is, but it's going to be the same time Monday through Friday, uh, every week here. And then I, I had a lot of, uh, last Saturday I went live and I had a lot of people come hang out and do a really good show. So I think I might even do a bonus show on Saturday nights now where we get even more news and it just kind of help you guys set your lineups for Sunday. So uh, if you're, if you got nothing else going on Saturday night, same time, I think I'll be here. Um, but uh, I don't know. This is cool. I got, I got a lot of, a lot of cool returning people here in the chat room. I appreciate all of you hanging out and asking questions. Uh, hopefully I, I give you guys some good advice at some point. Um, but just looking at the the Raiders, uh, you know, practice report here, Devontae Booker, full practices. Josh Jacobs hasn't practiced in two days. If he misses practice tomorrow, it's going to be the Devontae Booker show against the New York Jets. So if you guys need help at running back, check and see if Devontae Booker's available. I think uh, if Jacobs, even if Jacobs gets a limited practice in tomorrow, you're probably going to see more maybe a 50-50 Booker-Jacobs split, but they're playing the Jets. They need to get, you know, back into the win column here. So I think we're going to see a lot of running, and Devontae Booker might help us get to the fantasy playoffs, and maybe even weeks 14, 15, 16, maybe we see Devontae Booker uh, help us a little bit more if, if, they're, if they're keeping Josh Jacobs fresh. So super interesting situation to watch there. Even though it's Derek Carr against the Jets, can't trust it. I think for me, the only parts I really trust is Darren Waller, just because it's a low tight end bar. Uh, you got to continue starting Darren Waller. But then again, I like Devontae Booker. And if you need help at wide receiver, I suppose Nelson Aguilar. But to me, it's all about Booker slash Jacobs and Darren Waller. So that's uh, that's pretty much all I want to spend time on for the Raiders Jets. Should not be a really good game to watch on TV. Uh, but uh, we'll we'll quickly go over this this Colts Texans game. Just looking at the fantasy points allowed here, the Colts still have one of the best defenses in terms of, of fantasy against you know their opponents here. Uh, really good against quarterbacks, really good against receivers, really good against tight ends. They did allow a little bit of a points uh, gap to the running backs last weekend with Derrick Henry. Uh, but I don't really know if I trust the Texans running backs this weekend. And now that we know Will Fuller is out for the rest of the season, what do we expect from our Texans? Uh, let's just quick take a look at their practice report. Nothing really serious here. I'm assuming David Johnson's going to play. So if you were banking on David Johnson or Duke Johnson the last couple of weeks, um, I just I don't really have a good read on this. Again, and again, this is a tough matchup against the Colts. So I'm probably not going to rely on David Johnson, Duke Johnson. Give me the the Wayne Gallmans. Give me James White. Give me you know some of those more running back two flex plays. I think I'm more interested there. But Deshaun Watson, I think you're going to continue to use Deshaun Watson as a quarterback one. You're going to use Brandon Cooks for sure. If you need someone to keep an eye on for tight end, they did say that Jordan Aikens might be, you know, put more into the slot as a slot receiver than a tight end. So I, he dropped two touchdowns last week, and that's the only reason why I keep going back to him is because they do like to get him the ball. 
he just he just dropped the ball last week. So he's something to keep an eye on. And then they're going to use Kiki Cutie here as the number two receiver. He's kind of like a, a little jitterbug, uh, quick little slot receiver, kind of like a Jamison Crowder type. Um, he's a guy that you could pick up on your roster. I'm not saying to start him, but definitely with this Texans game going up against the Colts, if this offense looks good, we're going to want, you know, we're going to be interested in this, in, in some of the new pieces here that, you know, basically Wolf Fuller has a void that he's left behind. Is it going to be more Akins? Is it going to be more cutie? Is it going to be more, more Johnson and Johnson? Like we don't know here. So I think, uh, for a comfort zone, I'm still going to go Watson and I'm starting Brandon Cooks. The other guys, I just, I'm probably going to move them to the bench. I just, at this point of the season, I want to be more confident in my advice for you guys. So I just, I'm nervous about the Texans secondary weapons here. On the Colts side, uh, I do think Philip Rivers can be a quarterback too in super flex leagues. I don't know if I trust him. He's a fringe quarterback one situation. Uh, I do think Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor. Again, we were just looking at this earlier if you guys missed it before. But the Texans are the 31st you know, ranked team against the running backs, and they do allow the most rushing yards to the running back spot. So I do like Jonathan Taylor. I could move him up to the RB2 slot, uh, but I think Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor both have value this weekend. If you need a tight end, Trey Burton could be streamed. He's on a little touchdown streak. And then Michael Pittman and T.Y. Hilton, these guys both are getting targets. T.Y. Hilton scored his first touchdown last weekend. They're, they're kind of dicey flex roles here. I'm probably trying not to, to rely on these guys here. So I'm, I'm probably going to tweak this a little bit more. Uh, but we'll look at practice reports tomorrow, and I'll have more information for you guys on that. Uh, but tomorrow night, same time, we're going to go over the Rams and the Cardinals. We'll look at the Giants-Seahawks. We got the Eagles and the Packers. Uh, Patriots, Chargers. We'll go over the Broncos and the Chiefs. Got a lot of action tomorrow. So Washington Steelers, also Bills 49ers. It's going to be a busy show. And then we'll finish up with the Cowboys Ravens. I'll answer all your guys' questions. I might save, um, just for time's sake, I might save the Tuesday and the Monday night games for the Saturday night show. So if you're hanging out, uh, we'll, we'll get to those when we get to them. But we got Stephen Drake's hanging out in the chat room. What's going on, man? Thanks for hanging out again. Uh, would you flex Benny Snell, Miles Gaskin, Kenyon Drake, or JD McKissick full PPR? And would you start Ayuk or Pittman? Um, so these are some really good options here. Um, and he does say this is full PPR league. So we're watching to see if Miles Gaskin, um, have they activated him yet? Um, pull that up here. So. Yeah, we don't really know if he's been activated yet. So if, if Gaskin is activated, I, I'm interested in him, but I don't feel great about it. Um, looking at Benny Snell, we also have to kind of keep in mind what James Conner is going to be doing. They have a tough matchup, though, as well, going up against Washington football team. Uh, if we look quick here, where is that game? So looking at this Washington Steelers game, these teams are very good against the running backs. We have the second and the third best team against the running backs in PPR format. So uh, the one thing I have been saying, because I do get the I, I get the Gibson and not the Gibson question, but the McKissick question has been brought up a few times tonight. And in games where Washington is is not really expected to do much, that and they're basically going to be forced to throw the ball more, that's going to favor JD McKissick in the full PPR league. So I'm kind of intrigued with McKissick here. Um, uh, and basically if, if Connor's out, then I think I would start Snell just because of just volume. And if they get to the goal line, they're going to probably run him in at least once or give him a, an opportunity to get a touchdown there. So I like McKissick. I like Snell and with Kenyon Drake going up against the Los Angeles Rams, 
Uh, we did see Kenyon Drake rush for some touchdowns last weekend. We loved to see that. Uh, I do have Kenyon Drake here listed as a running back to uh, the Rams. One of the better defenses here against the, the running back, 20.9. Uh, let's just quick take a look at uh, – I'm just curious. I want to see what some of the running backs have been doing against the Rams lately. Um, so Kenyon Drake, he almost had three touchdowns last weekend. So it's 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 looking like Drake has a full lockdown on that uh, situation over there. So we're just looking here. We're going to click into the Rams, and then we will – scroll on down here. So these are what uh, some of the numbers here that the Rams have been allowing to the running backs. So you see Mostert, he rushed for a touchdown last weekend, 12.3. Fournette, 9.6. Alex Collins, 11.7. Miles Gaskin, 15.3. So to me, this is looking pretty good for Kenyon Drake. We know he's healthy. We expect the Arizona Cardinals to be competitive in this one. So I think the one guy that I'm starting for sure over this is, is probably Kenyon Drake. Uh, I do think McKissick has some value. I like Snell. I like Gaskin. But give me Drake over those uh, that group of running backs. And then am I going to start Brandon Ayuk or Michael Pittman Jr.? Let's take a look quick at uh, what Brandon Ayuk is going up against. So uh, we know that's a that's the Monday night game, I believe. So Bills 49ers, really fun game here. Um, so the 49ers offense has me excited because all of a sudden Mostert's back. You got Debo Samuel back. You got Brandon Ayuk back. I know it's still Nick Mullins, but Mullins can hit the quick routes. And with Brandon Ayuk, I do have him here listed as a flex. I think I also listed Pittman Jr. as a flex, but I think I'm more excited about Brandon Ayuk. Um, just because we've, we've seen more of Brandon Ayuk. And we've also seen Brandon Ayuk post some really, really good games. So I, I do think, I mean, last weekend Pittman Jr. did have nine targets, but he only caught two of them. And, I mean, with, with Brandon Ayuk, we know that when he gets volume, he's going to produce for us. So his worst game was his first game, 4.1. I think on a low end, you're going to see something like this, a 7.4 or 9.2 here. But before he, you know, left with COVID, 17.5, 23.1, 19.7, I think I have more trust and reliability here with Brandon Ayuk. In a game against Buffalo, I mean, I know they got a good cornerback, Tredavious White, but uh, he's more of a lockdown outside cornerback. And with, um, with Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Kyle Shanahan, he does a really, really good job of scheming his, his, his playmakers into different scenarios and I think you could see both Debo and Samuel sometimes matched up with Tredavious White, but he's also going to find ways to, to isolate those guys and get them the ball in open space. So for me, I think it's going to be Kenyon Drake out of the running backs, just because, I mean, just based on, you know, recent history and getting to the red zone there, they've been giving him the touchdown. So I do feel good about him. And we also looked at what the Rams have been allowing for uh, running back points. And then I think I'm going to go with Brandon Ayuk uh, just because I just I feel like this Bills 49ers game, man, that could be uh, it could be a lot of fun, a lot of good high scoring points there. Um, so I think that's what I would recommend there. We got a question in the chat room from my brother, Andrew Bauer. Thanks for hanging out, dude. Hope your night's going swell. Uh, do you think it's time to dump Sony Michelle? So I know this is the league that we play in here. I'm going to be seeing you in the playoffs, I think, at some point. I don't want to give you advice, man. I'm trying to beat you here. So I'm just kidding. But Sony Michelle, I just uh I, I don't I don't see Sony Michelle helping us win in fantasy championships and in the playoffs. I do think 
they, they like Damian Harris. If they're going to give someone carries, it's going to be Damian Harris. And then they also have, I mean, we know Sony Michelle's not going to catch passes. Um, and then all of a sudden James White's getting goal line touches. Uh, let's, let's just pull up this, uh, this opportunity report from last weekend. So it was Sony Michelle's first game back. I understand that, but the dude was only on the field for one snap. You see one snap, no touches. Uh, and this is, an, uh, this is a positive game script for uh, the Patriots here where they're winning the game. It was a tight game. But again, they continue to run with Damian Harris, James White. Uh, you're, you're essentially holding on to Damian Harris's handcuff. If you think Harris is going to get injured or potentially going to slow down at any point, I do think it's it's time to dump Sony Michelle. Uh, you know, pick up pick up someone with more upside, uh, a better situation. You can you can essentially just trade Sony Michelle in for another handcuff. We'll probably talk about this off air, Andrew. Uh, we'll look at our, our, our waiver wire more directly, but I think it is time to dump Sony Michelle. I don't think the Patriots offense exactly, you know, I'm not trying to hold on to the third running back there. So sport dog 1000 using Buffalo kicker bass worried about the cold weather in Buffalo, thinking of Detroit's Prater for the rest of the season. Uh, let's take a look at that Buffalo bills schedule real quick. I'm curious to see how many games we got being played outdoors. So they're in, they're in Arizona this weekend, but that's San Francisco game. So that's a good weather game. Buffalo at home against Steelers. Potential bad weather there. Buffalo at Denver. Potential bad weather there. Bills at Patriots. Potential bad weather there. And then Dolphins at Bills. Okay, I get what you mean. You're, this is good thinking here. Um, I mean, that could be, you know, four out of five games there at the end of the season where you're looking at frigid, cold, wind, snow, sleet, rain, whatever it could be. Whereas with Prater, we're getting a little bit nervous about the the offense there. But let's just kind of take a look here. I'm just curious as far as kickers go here. And this is the this is still the eight man league, right, Sport Dog? Um, I'm I'm thinking. Uh, let's see here. So Matt Prater, where is he? So he's he's kicker number twenty. I'm just curious what he's been doing. So a five, a zero. He was playing decent here. I think he's got a really scary floor here with that offense. I don't know if I feel great about this. Uh, and then I guess just look, let's just look. We should probably dial in that Lions schedule real quick. So they're outside in Chicago this weekend. They're also at home against Packers. You like that? They're in Tennessee, which could be, you know, potential windy games here, but then they do finish up Bucks and the Vikings here. So, um, I guess Prater, I, I do like the dome effect here, but you're also kind of, you're limiting yourself here and you're potentially putting up some three points here where, I mean, I don't really, if, if, if you get a three points from Prater and you, and we see, you know, sometimes with, with bad weather games that actually benefits outdoor kickers because the offense of a Buffalo bill, sometimes they, they stall out maybe just a little bit more of a percentage than they normally would. So that would lead to more field goals essentially, but I get it. Um, but for me, I'm always more curious about getting a, a kicker in a good offense that is usually indoors. So is, is Daniel Carlson available here? I know it's the Raiders offense, uh, but this is the point with the Raiders offense is you see this points here. His lowest game was six points last weekend in a game where they got torched 43 to six. And he still gets us those six points. Uh, and the Raiders schedule coming up 
I do like the Raiders' schedule coming up here. So is, if Daniel Carlson is available here, he's already the fourth-scoring kicker in the league. They're going to play the Jets. Uh, that one's in New York, but that's really the only game we have to worry about there. Then they have at home against the, the Colts. That's indoors. At home against the Chargers, another indoor game. At home against the Dolphins. And then they do play Denver January 3rd. So that game could uh, make me a little bit nervous there. But I guess for the next at least the next four games here, you're getting a really good uh, potential uh, output from the Raiders kicker. And in a game where they're going to run the ball a little bit more, I think with Jacobs kind of injured, more Devontae Booker. And again, just look at some of these floors here from Daniel Carlson. You're seeing a lot of double-digit games, 8, 8, 7, 7, 6. So I think he has a much higher floor than a guy like Prater. Um, if you had to uh, pick up another kicker here that has some good indoor potential or some good weather potential here, uh, so Carlson is gone. Bummer. Um, what about a guy like Zane Gonzalez? Is he available for the, the Arizona Cardinals? I know a lot of people are probably in the Gonzalez. Um, so I do think maybe, hmm, what about a guy like Robbie Gold, the 49ers kicker? Is, is he available? Uh, we look at some of his games, and I know, I know with the 49ers, they've, just, they've had a really weird schedule in the middle of the season here where their team was just hurt by injuries and decimated here. But you do see the last two games, you see seven points against the Saints. You see 11 points against the Rams. And I guess the start of the season, this is when their team was healthier. You see 8, 7, 12, and then things kind of get, you know, off the rail here. So I do think um, I do think the 49ers kicker could be helpful. I do like, you know, that they're getting healthier on offense. Um, so if he's available, I, I kind of like him. Let me just quick look at the 49ers schedule uh, for weather's, weather purposes. And I don't know if you guys were aware, but the 49ers – uh, they're not allowed to play in Santa Clara, uh, California anymore because they're on a, a three-week no-contact uh, situation there. So they have moved all of their ho remaining home games to Arizona. So we see they're going to be at home against the, the Bills, at home against Washington. In Dallas here, they're going to play against the Cardinals here. So all of their games the rest of the way are going to be in Arizona or Dallas. These are all indoor games here. So Robbie is Robbie Gold available there, Sport Dog? I think that could be a really good spot there. I'm going to quick answer uh, Callie's question here. Is there any top five or top ten player that is a guaranteed bust for the playoffs? And then a reverse question, any guaranteed home runs? Uh, I, I think David Montgomery is set to have a really, really nice schedule. We know that he – he, he gets like all the volume and I know it's the bears offense. I, I, I know it's not a very fun offense to be in, but if we look quickly at the bears, I'm, I'm all about schedule and momentum. The bears play the lions, the Texans, the worst two teams in PPR formats here. They also play the Vikings, which I, I know it's the Vikings. They're, they're playing a little bit better. I'm not too worried about that. I think that could be a nice floor game, you know, 10 to 12 points at the worst, but then he's going to finish against the Jaguars week 16. So, uh, Callie, do you play in leagues where it's, uh, you know, where it goes to week 17 or is it, you know, just week 16 and then you're done because essentially you're looking at lions, Texans, Jaguars, three fantastic matchups for a running back here. Um, so Gonzalez is available. He says, uh, we'll get to the quicker, the kicker question in just a second there. Uh, looks like Robbie Gold's available too. I think that's a good spot for you. Um, and, uh, we're going to pull up the running back fantasy points allowed here. And uh, assuming Callie's question is for PPR, 
So you see the Lions here, number one team allowing points. Texans, really bad here. Uh, and then their other opponent was the Jaguars. So they have three of the top five worst defenses available here. And they also play the Packers. I know that's week 17, but as far as a potential home run here, I do think David Montgomery has one of my favorite schedules coming up. Uh, I want to look quickly and see if anyone else sticks out here. So I gave you a potential guaranteed home run. I think Montgomery is set to soar as a potential top five, top 10 running back the rest of the way. In terms of wide receivers here, uh, who could potentially be our guy? Uh, I do think we, we see Will Fuller up here at eight. I think Brandon Cooks is set up really nicely to be uh, maybe maybe Cooks isn't a wide receiver one the rest of the way, but I think he's a must start the rest of the way. Um, he, he should be a, a no worse than like a top 25 receiver the rest of the way. So I think he maybe he's not a home run, but he's a solid double uh, at this point. Um, looking at some other receivers here. Uh, I, I think Calvin Ridley set up really well here for for a finish. I also think Chris Godwin is set up. Basically, the, I don't know if you guys have been watching my shows lately, but uh, any chance that I get, I've been pumping up the Buccaneers schedule. And I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be a hot team uh, to get us through to the, the championship here. So they're on by this weekend. Uh, but coming off that by, they're going to play the Vikings. They're going to play the Falcons. They're going to play the Lions. And then they're going to finish up against the Falcons. So we're going to see... Minnesota, Atlanta, and Detroit. Week 16, I think that's when most fantasy championships conclude. It's going up against the Lions. And to me, this, this spells Ronald Jones. I think Ronald Jones is going to be a huge success in this game. And I think after they come off the bye, I think if you guys have watched some of Tampa Bay's games, Tom Brady has been the problem. The, the passing offense has been the problem. When Ronald Jones gets touches, he's been one of the best, you know, potential pickups or potential plays when he gets, you know, upwards of 15 touches. So I do think Ronald Jones is in for a really good schedule down the stretch. And then uh, as far as receivers with Tom Brady, I do think Chris Godwin is in for really, I mean, the Vikings, Falcons, Lions, these are all really bad secondary. So Chris Godwin sticks out as a potential buy. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other names here. I want to give you maybe a potential bust yet too. So let's just look at this bust. Um, I was kind of talking about it earlier. I don't feel good about it. And it's Antonio Gibson. I'm nervous about Antonio Gibson's schedule. Uh, let's just look at that Washington football team uh, schedule real quick. I'm going to get to a couple other questions here. But as far as uh, I gave you a couple home runs and some doubles, uh, one guy that really concerns me here is going to be Antonio Gibson going up against the Steelers going up against the 49ers, going up against Seattle. These are three uh, games where I expect Washington to lose. And in games where they are losing, uh, you don't really see Antonio Gibson have much success. Uh, that's typically games where you're going to see J.D. McKissick, you know, be more involved in the passing game. So uh, I guess the thing with Antonio Gibson is he's been pretty, pretty locks, like pretty rock steady solid lately. Uh, so a loss here against the Giants, a loss against the, the Detroit Lions. Two really, these are easy matchups here. So he gets the 14.5, the 22.5. Uh, and then I guess in losses earlier in the season, he did, he did have a pretty high floor here. But I just think uh, Steelers, 49ers, Seahawks, those are games that I don't really feel great about. I do think uh, Gibson's probably a guy that you have to start no matter what. But I just think uh, he's not going to be as productive as people are are hoping for, especially off after a three touchdown uh, massive game here against the Cowboys. So maybe I'll give you one more here. Just looking at uh, in terms of busts. 
I think it's Alvin Kamara. I think that's that's one of the easiest calls. Alvin Kamara <sighs> with Taysom Hill, man. It's just it's just not looking good for the fantasy playoff run here. You know, not a good trend here. 10.5, 6.2. He's hurt with a foot injury. Uh, this one would be the biggest bust. I think we maybe temper expectations for Gibson. Kamara is is the guy that I don't feel good about in my lineups. Uh, I guess Ezekiel Elliott's another one too. So if you're if you're holding on to Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott, I think you're probably asking yourself, do I bench these guys this week? So that would be the two busts. And then we kind of hit you with some home runs and some offenses that I like there. Um, so Gonzalez is available. Let me just pull up these kickers real quick. Let's just look at these, these kickers. Um, so I do think I, I think I prefer the 49ers offense as far as owning a kicker. Um, we did see, where is he? Uh, Zane Gonzalez, Zane Gonzalez. Why can't I read here? He's kicker number 15 here on a points per game basis. Let's just see what this looks like. Uh, I think Robbie Gold is kind of down here on the list, only about 6.8. But I think from a just a, an offensive standpoint right now, I think the 49ers offense is set up to succeed down the stretch. So I don't mind either one. For me, I'm leaning with Gold. Uh, I don't. I won't blame you though if you want. Uh, if you want Gonzalez, I think they're both pretty good options. Um, um, so we got Paul Jackie Bauer hanging out in the chat room. This is my dad. Thanks for hanging out, man. Thanks for the question. Who do I pick up for the loss of Will Fuller? So I I know the exact league that you're talking about and asking about, and I don't think. I mean, we know you're not going to be able to replace a Will Fuller off the waiver wire very easily. I think that's going to be something very difficult to do. So, uh, and also in that league, you're, you're looking at a it's, a, it's a standard league. So I call those touchdown leagues. Um, it's going to be really difficult to replace that. So let's just pull up FF today and kind of look at uh, some of these players that might pop out that could be available. Cole Beasley is probably the first guy that I think would be available in that league. He only has three touchdowns on the year, but he's been pretty steady. He also threw a touchdown last weekend, and we know John Brown's out. I think on the flip side with this, they have a really good rookie receiver named Gabriel Davis, who has been uh, who, he's been catching touchdowns. He, I think he caught three for 70 or something last year, uh, so he's been playing some good football. And I do think the Buffalo offense uh, is one that you want to kind of, you know, put yourself – you want to put your chips into that offense if you don't have any already. So Cole Beasley sticks out here. Um, if Brandon Ayuk is hanging around, I do like the 49ers offense the rest of the way. Marvin Jones, I'm assuming he's owned. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, man, if you want to go for the gold here. Um, he didn't play very well the other day. Um, but, I mean, he didn't get a catch at all. Maybe he didn't play against the Bears at all. I don't remember seeing him on the field. But uh, we did see before his, his – I think he had the Achilles injury. But he was coming on here. and. If you if you need someone here to go for the gold, I think I think MVS man could be the one that could uh, really help you out the most. And then I'm just kind of looking around for other names that might pique my interest here. Um, I do like MVS. I don't really know if we trust the Giants, if we trust the the Broncos situation. Um, maybe Kiki Cutie uh, because we know Will Fuller's out. Maybe you just do the simple you know, just take the next guy up. And I know he's probably not going to be a huge touchdown guy, but he did catch one two weeks ago. Um, so maybe that's the move. Maybe you just, you just replace Will Fuller with Kiki Cutie. We'll see what one game looks like with Cutie before we get excited. 
Uh, but I do think maybe that's that's probably the move that makes sense some sense there. Uh, I'm just looking around for maybe one other name. Uh, I have been pointing out that the Bears, the Chicago Bears schedule looks really good the rest of the way. And with Mitchell Trubisky, maybe Anthony Miller is the guy here. Uh, we did see Miller get six targets, three for 28 against Green Bay. He hasn't caught a touchdown in a while, but in the three games that he played with Mitch Trubisky earlier in the season, he caught two touchdowns. Um, so, we, I mean, we did point out that the Bears have a really, really good schedule. Um, so maybe Anthony Miller, Darnell Mooney, if you're feeling really risky here. Uh, I doubt Alan Lazard's available. Maybe T.Y. Hilton. Uh, maybe you dive into that offense there. I think that's probably all I got for offensive uh, replacements for Fuller. So hopefully that helps. Uh, no, no problem, man. This is this is all free. Um, for me, I didn't want to. I didn't want to make anything where people are paying for this. I want to give out free advice. I think uh, I value people's time the most. So if you're paying me with your time, that's the medium that I would like to be compensated with. So I appreciate everything in the chat room. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for liking the video. Share the video. That's another way you can donate or pass it forward for me. I'm just trying to do more uh, of this than I, I guess than I have been in the past. So I'm hoping to be more consistent with this in the future. I'd like to help you guys out uh, in the summer. That I guess in the summer is when I do put out my projections document, uh, and and I think I, I mean I, I made a few sales on that with uh, with with Patreon. I think I was charging ten bucks and uh, for that. So if you're if you're going to be hanging out with me in the summer, I will be I'll be putting up my entire projection document for sale. Uh, we had some really good stuff in that one. So uh, with that projection document uh, here, I, I guess I'll show you guys the one team that um, uh, all of my, my fantasy football efforts um, are pretty much geared to one league here. I do have my, it's, it's my fantasy fellowship league and I put the most resources into this and it's a super flex league. I am 11 and one in this league. Uh, but I drafted guys like A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Aaron Jones, Terry McLaurin, D.J. Moore, C.D. Lamb, Sterling Shepard. Uh, I picked up George Kittle here, uh, but I'm, I'm really good at drafting wide receivers. So if you guys are interested in hanging out in the summer, we got a lot of good draft prep coming your way. Um, so that's pretty much, uh, you know, how I can, uh, I guess, make some sales in the summer here. But. We're going on over an hour and 37 minutes here. So this is the longest I've gone live on the show. I want to thank everybody in the chat room. I'm going to probably sign off here. Uh, we'll be going live again tomorrow night. We'll cover uh, all of the afternoon games. We'll look at the Monday night football game, Sunday night, and maybe the Tuesday night game as well. So uh, for everyone in the chat room, thank you so much for hanging out. I really appreciate all the uh, the comments, the questions, uh, some of the good thoughts there from some of you guys like Callie and the sport dog. Uh, I really appreciate it. So uh, I wish you guys a good rest of your Thursday evening. Have a great Friday. We'll see you tomorrow night. Peace. Thanks for hanging out.